everyone, welcome to the Brand Up Podcast, the place for founders with a million ideas, neurodivergent minds, and growing brands. If you sometimes find traditional marketing advice trickier to follow than you'd like, friend, you're not alone. I've lost count of the neurodivergent founders I've worked with who find traditional marketing advice difficult to follow, exhausting to execute, and frankly, disappointing in its results. On this podcast, you will learn about marketing that works for all kinds of brains. You'll hear conversations with experts who found their way to success, both online and in the real world. Whether I'm interviewing a guest or sharing the occasional solo episode, my promise is that we'll share useful information about how to market your business with more ease and better results, especially if, like me, you're neurodivergent. Two last things before we get started with today's episode. First, I joyfully live in a house with a considerable number of Devon Rex cats, five to be precise. They are a chatty bunch and they really don't like it when I close my office door. So if you hear them crying, fear not. I promise they get all the cuddles in the world once this recording is over. And two, I am prone to dropping the occasional sweary word. And I invite my guests not to censor themselves either when they join me on the podcast. So if you have sensitive ears around, pop some headphones in and you'll be all set. Let's get to today's episode. Diversity, equity, and inclusion can be serious business. But when my guest, Sarah Kedge, is in the room, the work becomes fun and massively effective. Sarah is a DEI consultant and a coach for neurodivergent leaders who are looking for new ways of working. Ways that give their brains and bodies room to heal and thrive. Last year, Sarah and I worked together to help unjumble the masses of information she carried in her mind. There was so much in there that she struggled to explain what she did. She was frustrated and she knew her business growth was suffering. Fast forward a year, and Sara is showing up loud, proud, and powerful thanks to a marketing strategy and messaging that delight her. One of my favorite moments in this episode is when Sara shares a useful reframe on consistency. It's one of my bugbears. Maybe yours too? Her new definition of consistency is one my ADHD brain can definitely get behind. Before we get to that, see if you can notice Sarah's glee when she tells you what she does. It makes my heart sing, and it's making her business soar. Hello, and welcome, Sarah, to the Brand Up podcast. Thank you for agreeing to be my guest today. It's absolutely glorious to be here. Thank you for having me. So let's begin by doing something that hasn't always been easy. Why don't you share in your own words with everyone listening what the work is that you do in the world? I am a DEI design thinking strategist and neurodiversity coach, which is a piece of language I didn't have before this. And what that actually means is that I go into corporate environments 
and I help them with their neurodiversity inclusion. And what that means is, is when you've got diversity and inclusion, it's often like an elephant in the room that nobody likes talking about. And just because we know that there's elephant in the room, if we don't do anything with it, it doesn't mean the elephant's not there. It's still there. And what I do is I go into corporate spaces and with compassion, kindness and gentleness, we look at your elephants. We look at where things are not inclusive, where there is hostility for people that are working in your business. And we address it. And we remove those hostilities. We work with, I work with systems, processes, complex people problems. And we make workplaces that are a joy to be in. Workplaces that work for everybody. Yeah. And that's how it should be. And most businesses want their workplaces to be places that work for everybody, where their employees are happy and joyful. And one of the problems with um, diversity and inclusion is people are so terrified of getting it wrong. So they put it into a corner of, we know we're not getting it right, but I'm also scared of trying because I might get it wrong and it might upset somebody else. And I go into businesses and we look at the elephant. We acknowledge that you will get these things wrong. And it's the journey of looking at your elephants, doing the thinking, understanding the problems, and then doing something different, which takes people further on their inclusion journey and creating workplaces that work for everybody. And you do the same as well for people that you coach individually, because you also coach neurodivergent leaders Mm -hmm. inside big businesses and also who run small businesses, right? And what we what I know is, is that my neurodivergent community, and when I talk about neurodivergence, I'm talking about dyslexia, dyspraxia, dyscalculia, ADHD, ADD, autism, tape disorders and acquired neurodivergence. So I don't go in looking at just one thing. I work with the spectrum of neurodivergence. So with my one-to-one clients, they are often people who have been in corporate environments and have burnt out because there has been hostility and non-inclusive practices there, and it doesn't work for their brains. What they then do is they go, I'm going to work for myself. And the thing is, is that the only model of running a business that they've got is the thing that burnt them out in the first place. So they tend to then design a business that mirrors the thing that burnt them out in the first place. And we all know how that ends. Oh, we we all do. And then we go, shit, I can't work in the business because that burns me out and shit running my own business burns me out equally. But what we do together is we unpick the received notions of what a business looks like. We unpick the habits, the behaviours, the rhythms, the patterns, the expectations of what running your own business looks like. And once we've deconstructed it, we then hold experiments. And with curiosity and playfulness, we try new ways of running a business so that when people finish working with me, they have a business that runs and works for them. It has habits, behaviours, rhythms, patterns, supports that meets their needs rather than recreating a business that burnt them out in the first place. That's what I do with my humans. Hearing you talk about that fills my heart and my brain with fizzes of delight because Mm. 
you and I have known each other for a few years. And last year you made a decision in 2022 to come and work with me within my Loud and Clear program to get clear on your brand voice and to develop a, a guide for your brand voice that would not only help you know exactly what you want to say and how to say it in every situation connected to your business, but also eventually help people who are supporting you. And you do have a team of, of people who support you. So be that to create your content for social media or to write your website. And I remember you saying to me when you understood the work that I do with brand voice and strategy and messaging. I have to work with you because, mm -hmm. do you remember what you said to me, what you couldn't do at the time? No, I probably said something like, I, I know what I do. I just can't tell anybody about it. Or I don't know the words to use to talk about what I do because it's complex. Yeah, it's super complex. And it's big. And actually sitting inside what I do, I know it intimately. So I go went into all the details and all the things that I, you know, I, all the things that I'm holding inside all my knowledge and experience. I just want to, and that overwhelmed me and prevented me from actually telling people the things that they needed to hear about what I do, who I do it for and how I help people. And I think as, you know, as, another founder with ADHD, having worked with lots of founders with ADHD, that's a really common thing, right? We're inside our businesses and we know the intricate details and the immense depth of the work that we do. And we see all of these fabulous connections that are perhaps not obvious to other people who don't have the depth of experience and of, of intricate knowledge that we have. And so it's like a it's like a log jam. You have all of this good stuff. It's all in your head. And it's, it's the image that's coming up right now, which is perhaps, perhaps not appropriate is Julia Robertson, pretty woman standing there and saying, I have all this money. I have all this money and no one will take my money when she wants to go and buy the clothes because everyone looks at her and can tell that she's a woman that wouldn't necessarily come into their high end shops normally. Super judgy, horrible. Um, and it's, and it's similar. The people who come to work with me and you were one of them will often have this feeling of, ah, it's so frustrating. I know, I know all the things and I know I can help all these people. It's just like all the words get stuck on their way from my brain to my fingers or from my brain to my mouth. And there are so many that when they do come out, they're so overwhelming that the person in front of you is a bit glazed and it doesn't connect mm -hmm. so that your help doesn't, isn't really available to them. Cause it's like, they've just been hit with a fire hose in the face for 10 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And and that is absolutely the thing. When you're running your own business, you are so intimately involved with it. I describe running a business as a bit like having your own child. I'm childless. My business is one of my babies. But you, when you, you birth this business and you it's your thing, you've created it, you've gestated it, and, you've, and then to be able to put it out into the world, you have to look objectively at it and not talk about all the things you can give people well, what it is they want to get from you. And it's that separation and that objectivity that I needed from you, just as my clients come to me and they can't see that there's another way of running a business because all they've got is this, this, this business that they've birthed and created and they can't objectively look outside how they're running their business to find an alternative way. And that's why I wanted to work with you is because I knew I needed to have some professional expertise to sit with me with safety for me to go, these are all the things. And for you to go, okay, let's pick out all of these little bits. 
and we'll put them together into this story and this narrative that people will then be able to understand and digest. Was the process easy, Sarah? No. No, there were there were there there were bits and times where I was just like I can't do this. I just 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 no. There were times where I, my brain was in the in the nope place, and I'd come to you every now and again with my hands on my head, pulling my hair out, going, "I don't know the answer to this. I just don't know the answer to this." And and you sat there with me, and and with infinite patience sucking it out dragging the bits out that I did know but I'd become so overwhelmed with all of the information that I didn't know the bit that was underneath all of the overwhelm and you sucked that stuff out of me into a point where I now have a brand voice guide that has if it was a if it was a book it would be tattered thumbed torn coffee stained <laughs> Because I use it on a daily basis now. It's amazing. That is music to my ears because creating that brand voice guide and the messaging that's within it and all of the strategy that you pour into that is, mm. is the biggest gift to a founder with ADHD because what I've learned through my own painful, repeated experience and watching my clients is that we can create awesome stuff when, when the energy hits, right? When the dopamine is flowing and when we're, when we're in the groove, we can create amazing content. And then we forget, we forget it exists. We forget we ever had the thinking that generated this amazing content. And so going through the process of loud and clear as a one-to-one -one client, which you did, when we actually co-create it actively on every single conversation we have, and if it means me being the person who does the inputting into your actual guide while you're free thinking and we're having conversations, so it removed, especially for you with your dyspraxia, you had said that sometimes it was the, like the actual act of filling it in that made it hard. And so because we were working one-to-one, -one, we were able to, I was able to adjust for that and say, okay, no problem. We were working, sharing a screen. I took over the, the, data entry piece of it, the capturing of what you were saying, and you were free then to follow the wonderful meanderings of your brain and to go, oh, and there's another thing. Oh, and then I also remember this. And oh, wait, didn't we talk about that? And we were constantly flipping where we needed to flip to fill in gaps that may have been left previously mm -hmm. or saying, hang on, we've already done that. Let's go back so that I could be the memory that perhaps your creativity wasn't able to access in those times. And you have now, you've done the work of making all of the decisions that you mm. don't have to make anymore. And no. in doing so, you're saving so much time, as you've said to me, and so much energy, but also you have a record of the decisions you made and past Sarah, gifted today, Sarah, this incredible encyclopedia of your business that you mm. just need to thumb to the right section or the right page. And when you mm. have an opportunity, which you have had in droves since we've done this work, mm. you just go to the thing you've said to me and pull it up. Can you talk a little bit about how you said it would be thumbed and coffee stained? And I love that image of it. How are you using the brand voice guide and the messaging that you created in there? So, uh, yeah, it, it's so it was even things like um, when I'm doing keynote speeches, because one of the things I do is I, I do training, but I also do keynote speeches. 
And when people invite me to do a speech or, or a talk, or they can you give me a bio? And actually, the work that we did inside the, the brand voice guide enabled, was all the thinking that instead of me writing what was my really rather dull bio, my name is Sarah Kedge and I went to university and I do these. I actually have a bio now which, which goes beneath that surface stuff and actually is an engaging conversation starter to tell people who are coming to the talk, not just what I'm going to talk about, but actually why they want to listen to me. Without saying, I've been teaching at university for years and I've got a group and I've got this and I it's 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 more it's more weight, it's more characterful, it's more expressive. As you can if for those of you that are watching rather than listening, I have sort of pale blue green hair, I've got a bright pink top on. I, I am I am energetic and I'm a characterful and my my the brand voice guide enabled me to have a bio that, that reflects that. So it keeps me completely on brand. When I'm writing my social media content, I don't have to think about the messages I want to put out there because I have my messaging already done. So if I want to do a sales sequence, which I did a couple of months ago, I went to my brand voice guide and I was like, okay, I've got a sales sequence. I wanted 10, um, 10 value posts, five sales posts. And I went to my brand voice guide and went that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, and those. And then I just wrote content that met with the brand voice guide and I didn't have to mm -hmm. think about it and actually the brand voice guide is um, I'm just about to start doing reels <laughs> I should be doing reels already but I'm not I've, and I've gone to the brand voice guide and I've planned out my reels I've got about two months worth of reels planned out and I didn't have to think about them and the messaging is which is really important when you're talking about a marketing approach it's it's consistent it's consistent, not just with what my business does, but with my ADHD, dyspraxic brain, you know, I can go off and squirrel hunt down and sort of all little things. And I can still do that. I can still go off in my little thing and make sure that it's attached to one of the key messages that link to my brand. So I can go squirreling and still be consistent. So it's been it's been it's been phenomenal in in all of the ways, even with um, doing this this podcast. I did another podcast last week. I've got a podcast later on this week. I've gone to my brand voice guide, and I've read through, read through my stories, read through my fireside pitch, read through my key messages, read through my big why, and it's enough to to sort of skim read that so that when I go into a podcast. I know that I'm on message because it's attached to my business. It's attached to my values. It's attached to my why. It's phenomenal. That is just music to my ears because that when I, you know, years ago when I created the loud and clear program, that was absolutely the intention is to remove the, the stress um, and remove a lot of the Velcro that can get in the way of us creating content, marketing, selling, just, just being in the world with a business and saying, hey, I have this thing. I am here. This is how I can help you. If you're looking for this and this and this, these are the ways that there is support available. And doing it in a way that isn't the way that you perhaps have been told that you should be communicating, harking back to, you know, you are someone with all of the fabulous, very serious and weighty degrees on your walls and you have and do lecture at university and you've done all sorts of things and that and you definitely have the gravitas. 
But if you don't know what you're saying in a way that is a match with the way that you show up in your work, having a super um, conservative standard bio and then having you show up in a corporate Mm -hmm. setting, that's a huge disconnect and it doesn't work, right? And I don't want to work for people who don't want a green haired human standing, queer human standing in front of them. So it, 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 it attracts, right. It attracts the people that are like, ah, you're the right fit for me. And for those who we created Dave with his eggy tie, he's slightly beige. Dave is is the antithesis of, of Sarah. Yeah. He has a, he has a greasy stain on his brown striped tie that he got at upper crust at the train station when he was on his way to see his client. And he's just everything about Dave is beige and he is the exact not Sarah. So we would constantly be like, "Mm," when we were writing your bio, Sarah, and we were, we were co-creating your message and we were like, that sounds a bit Dave. Mm, Yeah, that doesn't work. And the other thing that was really brilliant about you, because we have the, when we talk about marketing, we talk about um, creating um, your ideal client or your ideal customer. There's this notion of a client avatar and, and I've seen it all over the place and I've done the courses where it's identify your ideal client avatar, give them an age, give them a name, give them a gender, give them a job role, give them a family life and, and, and create this human that is your client avatar. And that doesn't work for me because my work is non-gender specific. My work doesn't relate to a human being or a job role in a corporate space. What's more important for me is that the, the, whether it's HR, whether it's chief executives, whether it's strategy leads, is that they have the characteristic of wanting to do different they know there's a Zen elephant in the room and they want to look at it. They don't know how to look at it, but they really want to. That's the characteristics. And we were unable to sort of walk away from an ideal client avatar as a human and create more of an ideal client experience or the experience that the client wants yeah. to, to achieve. So I'm no longer talking to a human. I am talking to a person's desire and their person's w- desired outcome and change that they want to create in the world and then I talk to that because I change people's corporate spaces I make them more inclusive so it doesn't matter whether you're director of HR or um, head of strategy or your L&D lead what you do want in that corporate space is you want different you want people that are in your workspace that feel welcome, that feel included, and that the systems and processes you put in place enable the human beings in your business to do the best that they can. And that's the fundamentals of equality and inclusion. When I'm talking to my entrepreneur clients or my coaching clients, I don't, their gender, their age, their, their life situation is less important than I don't want a job anymore. I've got this amazing business idea that I want to make a reality. And the only template that I've got is the corporate world that burnt me out. I want to do different. Yeah. I want to understand my neurodiversity in a new way and find the rhythms, patterns, behaviors, habits that I can nurture and cultivate to run a business that's financially profitable, keeps me healthy and provides me with the balance of life that I want. 
And the, the journey that we went on enabled me to unpick all of this, to be able to communicate, that's who I want to work with. If you are a human I'm being who wants to business and, and scale it and sell it and scale it and sell it and scale it, I'm not the right human for you. If you want to have a box ticking exercise in your corporate space and you just want to go and get your disability two ticks award or you want to get your investors in people or you want to be a B Corp and you just want to tick some boxes, I'm not the right person for you. I will get you your disability two ticks. I will get you your ISO. I will get you your B Corporation and I will do it through meaningful change. Yeah. As opposed to Dave bringing his beige solutions. That is not you. Yeah, let's put a couple of tick boxes in. We'll do a couple of surveys. We'll do a couple of initiatives. We'll, it's it's coming up for Pride. Is it Pride Month now? It's probably Pride Month now. We'll stick some rainbows on some things and sort of start yeah. up a, a an employee support group. Yeah, that's not you. That's not inclusion. That is not you. It's not inclusion. Oh, hello. I have an invitation for you. Do you ever feel like you're always starting from scratch when you create marketing content or hired a freelancer who did an okay job, but somehow their words just didn't sound like you? Maybe you have team members waiting for you to approve marketing content so you can get the word out about your amazing offer. Ugh, I feel you. It's hard. And I have good news. What if you could curate everything you know about your brand into a comprehensive collection and have it handy by your side every time you wanted to communicate. Or better still, hand it over to your team, brain transplant style, so you'd be sure that they'd get the voice just right. You can. Helping you do that is my superpower which is handy because I'm currently taking applications for Loud and Clear. It's the small group program that I created to help entrepreneurs like you sort through all that muddled spaghetti of stuff that you know about your brand. We start early in 2024. Want to come along for the ride? Over three months, we'll create a resource that saves you time, effort, energy, and money. Best of all, it gets your work known without you ever having to start from scratch or be the bottleneck for your team. If you're ready to focus on what you do best instead of all the marketing, then Loud and Clear might be for you. If you know that you need to do this work, but group programs aren't really your jam, I also work one-to-one. -one. The link to contact me about this is in the show notes. Or you can get in touch with me on socials at Andy Ferguson. Whether you are interested in the Loud and Clear group program, or if you think you'd like us to rock it ahead, the two of us together. Either way, sharing what's in your head helps your brand grow. Let's get back to the episode. As I listen to you, what I notice is how smoothly, and we didn't rehearse this for you who are listening, I notice how smoothly you explain this and how your passion comes through and yeah. how I can feel the deep experience that you carry. If I was listening to, I'm trying to listen to you as, as though with new ears and I can, I can really feel the complexity and the experience that you bring to the work that you do mm. and the, the different perspective, the different approach. Tell me, what has been the tangible effect first for you as a, as a business owner, 
sitting in your, I mean, I've heard you say the word consistency with, which for all of us with ADHD is like a bit of a holy grail in a way. I think something that we think we should achieve. I'm not always sure that consistency is the most, uh, the, the highest uh, objective, persistence. But Let me take up consistency right now for you. Because when we talk about consistency yeah. from a neurotypical way, and when I say neurotypical, I mean people whose brains are not ADHD, dyslexic, dyspraxic, dyscalculia, la, 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 la. When, when neurotypical people talk about consistency, what they're talking about is one post every day consistently or multiple posts every day and that you may have pillars of content and you put those if we're talking about social media. That's fine if you have a brain where, where the energy and attention is generally stable, but with most of our neurodivergent people, our energy fluctuates, our attention is either hyper-focused or, or really curious. We're not distracted, we're curious. Mm. We don't get distracted, we get curious by other things. So when you look at um, consistency, again, one of the things we do in the coaching is we expand what do we mean by consistent. What we mean by consistent is that you are putting out enough content with enough uh, familiarity, often enough, that people can build a relationship with you. So we take away the notion of consistency in it must be one post every day on these contents of pillars and going, well, actually, no, 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 it's not that. That's not what consistent means. Consistent means enough information, often enough that people can build a relationship with you. And the difference that it made working with you was it gave me a framework for that consistency. So when I'm being cured, so instead of being five content, a sales poster, value poster, an authority post and it, and it must be da, 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 da. what what we what I came away with was a smorgasbord of things that go what do I fancy eating today what do I want to talk about today Ooh, that then that then that then that and then it gives me permission to then have weeks I've just had a period I did a sales sequence 15 days multiple posts a day and now I'm having a period of not doing that and it's okay and I know that because I'm doing it often enough the people are still being building a relationship with me. And it's giving and the, the brand voice guide and the, the, the tools that it's got inside that is that even if I'm not feeling very much like it, I can still go into my brand voice guide and get an infographic out and use some words. It, it, it's, it reduces the load. I have to think less because I've already done the thinking. Yeah. And in, in the smorgasbord of what you have, you know, that you can choose from every single thing within that is related. It's like being in a, being in a, a space, a physical space, a home that is designed with lots of variety, but all of that variety somehow hangs together and makes a cohesive whole. And that is what you have in yes. your messaging. And I would love to know, so all of my, my dreams achieved for you, that is th thrilling what have been the tangible effects of being able to communicate in this way with this clarity? What has happened in your business? What opportunities have come your way since you started embodying everything that you have in your brand voice guide and sharing it with the world? So I, I, I was working with some larger corporates and it was through some, you know, through relationships and, and, cult, and, and having conversations with people I already knew. What I'm now getting because of the content I'm putting out there and because of the the consistency and um, regularity and reliability of message is I've got people coming to me. I have no idea how they found me. 
other than they've seen my content, they've been in the group, and they're now approaching me saying, hey, we need a bit of you in this space. And that's both for, um, it's one of those things is when you do social media posting, you often think that nobody's listening to you, you're shouting out into a void. And quite often what I'm recognizing now is my neurodivergent clients and the people in the corporate space don't want to make comments because they don't want to stick the head. Again, it's that, that elephant in the room. They don't want anybody else to know we've got an elephant in the room or I'm struggling in a way. Hmm. So putting all the content out and then starting to get people coming and dropping into my DMs saying, hey, I'd like to work with you. And there's some of the biggest uh, companies, they're massive companies in the UK. I've got international companies coming to me and, and I have no personal or prior formal relationship with these people. So it's, it's working in terms of sort of attracting new business and helping me work with people who are aligned with the stuff that I want to do. They're coming. And it's amazing. <laughs> Love it. It is. It is amazing because you have, you know, you have a home and you have dreams and you have objectives and ambitions for your, for your life as do, does every person. And to know that beyond the network of humans that you know in the flesh your mm. message is being not only seen on linkedin when you're you're reaching out for corporate clients and through facebook and instagram when you're reaching out for coaching clients not only is it being seen but it is connecting with the right kind of people because we had at the beginning a conversation where you where we were discussing you know, who are the people you don't want to be working with? And we talked about those box ticking, you know, I'm doing it because I know we have to, to meet whatever the B Corp, you know, requirement is, or to, um, you know, to say that we did this one thing for L&D, for learning and development this year. Um, but you, you are having, you are stepping forward in much more in the fullness of yourself and less behind masks that you may have been wearing before. Can you talk a little bit about, the period where we were having conversations about what, what was safe. I remember having a conversation with you about feeling like you were skating out on thin ice. Like if yeah. you planted your flag really firmly and made great statements about the futility of much of the DEI consultancy that exists in the world, lots of it is great. A lot of it doesn't actually have much of an effect beyond Everyone rolls their eyes, heaves a big sigh, goes into the room, sits there until they can leave, and then they leave and it's done and nothing changes. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like of feeling like we were we were maybe taking the messaging to a place that that felt unsafe for you and how you managed that? And and I think that's because when you look at the diversity, equality, and inclusion space in the world, there is a lot. It, it comes from the companies that they're hesitant, resistant, and they don't want to get it wrong because getting it really wrong means employment tribunals or you end up in in the press, which is not what no company wants to do. So there's there's a hesitancy in the DEI space, and it's and and I'm not hesitant. It's the well, if you're going to make a difference, you're going to have to make a difference, and that sometimes means doing dangerous things and some of the and that goes against a lot of what um colleagues and other people in in my uh, business space i mean even if you look at the entrepreneurs um neurodivergent space in itself you have people who talk uh about diagnosis specific i'm an adhd coach i'm an autism coach i work with dyslexic people i work with dyspraxic people and i and i and i'm different in a sense because 
those are artificial buckets. They are constructed by the medical uh, environment to categorize and which is useful. Those buckets are useful. What I work with is I work with people's brains who work differently. So actually there was a real courageousness for me to sort of find a way to navigate in and say, I don't care whether it's ADHD or autism, whether it's dyslexia or dyspraxia, what we're talking about is we're talking about working with humans. And you gave me the language to talk about it in a way which was non-confrontational. Because diagnosis is important. It has its space. And it's also limiting. And I work beyond that limitation and say, let's work with humans. Let's work with human need. Let's work with human experience. And then that's that was the language shift that enabled me to say the more courageous, dangerous things. So it was... It was, I, I know I work in a different way. I know that some of my approaches are confronting to received wisdom. And you gave me the language to, to, to tailor it in a way that's like, I, I am going to work on the edge of your comfortable zone. And that's okay, because we're going to do it together. And we, we, we coined this, um, this description, actually, because I'm, I'm very playful. It should be fun. Life should be fun. Work should be fun. Inclusion should be joyous and joyful. So what we talk about is I, when I work with clients, you come into my forest of knowledge. I have a forest of knowledge and experience. And together, you and I are going to choose which tree we're going to climb together or trees. And we're going to climb which tree of forest of knowledge and you get to play with me in that tree and use the knowledge that I have used to grow that tree to find a solution that's tailored to you. And again, it's that shift from you have one intransigent problem, which will have one solution to, do you know what? I have a bunch of knowledge. As you said, I've, I've taught at university. I've got um, <clears throat> postgraduate degrees. I've got a wealth of business experience. I've set up businesses and I've been supporting entrepreneurs for years. That's less important than working out from this forest of knowledge, which nugget of experience do you need to make the change in your business, change in your world that's going to make a material difference? And that does not look like a survey often. That does not look like a sheep dip training. Yeah. And that is what makes the difference. There was something else, though. We mentioned, um, I just want to touch on before we wrap up, you mentioned the group. Because one of the things that you do is you have a group called How to Entrepreneur on Facebook. And it is a, a very safe, very welcoming space, free space for entrepreneurs. So if you are listening and you are someone who is part of our wondrous neurodivergent community, mm -hmm. definitely if you're on Facebook, head to the search function and type in how the number two entrepreneur and then chuck a no on the end of that, how to entrepreneur. And you will find Sarah's group. And inside that group, you offer support and encouragement and real talk about your, you know, struggles and, and challenges and the Velcro that you're stuck up against on a given day because you need to do a boring task. And you offer open space where we can come and hang out in a virtual room and work together on our own things so that we yeah. get the damn frustrating, boring thing done, which none of our brains are particularly keen to engage with, like taxes or paperwork or anything else. And in that group, I've also seen a shift and you did something that you hadn't done before. You mentioned the, that sales sequence. 
you made it obvious how people could work with you. And you hadn't done that before, before you were a host mm -hmm. in a space. And during that time, it became very clear that you were an amazing host in a wonderful, safe space. Mm. And actually, we could get even closer to you and benefit even more from your work. So can you talk a little bit about that process of going from, I'm just hosting this space, and once in a while, I'll tell you if I have a thing, but yeah. to actually actively promoting that? I think one of the things that, that I've wanted, I set up How to Entrepreneur at the beginning of lockdown. I was setting up this business. I had I was locked in my house on my own. We were all locked in because it was COVID and I had no peers. And it came and a friend of mine said, oh, I'm, we're doing this new podcast and we want a group and it's called The Entrepreneur Show and we want a group and would you like to do it? And I was like, yeah. Because at that time I was sitting in my house trying to set up a business with no peers. So it was like, okay, I will have a group and I will set up my own group and meet my own needs and that's how it's started and how it I intend it to continue because I host it in in as much as I, I hold the boundaries of the space we have one rule don't be an ass and I hold the people to the boundaries of don't be an ass beyond that it's still my space I still need the support of the group and the people in that space so there is there is that um, when when you go into when I've gone into other groups, you have the host who is the person who disseminates knowledge and blah, blah. and actually that's not what I need the the group for and that's not what I love the group for because I will pop in there and go I'm really struggling on any given day I'm really struggling with this anybody got any ideas or I have a question so it's creating this environment where it's safe to ask the questions and I'm modelling the safety I'm I'm modelling the vulnerability saying. I'm really struggling right now with this thing. Can anybody help me? And that vulnerability invites people out of the shadows in, in to say, I've, I've tried this, or I'm also struggling with this. And then people then start asking the more courageous questions themselves. Um, and one of the bits of vulnerability is, because I've had this bit, so I, I there's a non-boring story, but this, this iteration of my professional career started at the beginning of lockdown. And I'd never run an online business before. I've run service industry businesses. I've run product businesses. This is an online, so it was a new industry. So when, and also certainly I'd never run a, hosted a community before. So this was a point where it's like, actually, I've been running this community now for a few years. It's a brilliant space. And the, those are the people that, that I can really help. And they don't know I can help them. So I held this 15-day sequence, and it was really brave of me. Well, I felt it was really brave because uh, I'd never done it before. And it was and it's doing it in a space where I've held one of the boundaries is you don't sell in my space. You, you just don't sell in How to Entrepreneur, unless there is a post. Oh, actually, that's by the way, it's about time we did one. There is no selling space. Unless yeah, it's been you a while. Yeah, unless you have specific permission, you don't. So actually, to what I did was I sort of put the vulnerability out there going, I need to try this because I've never tried a sales sequence. And I'm going to try it on you lovely people. And let, and because you, firstly, because you, the room is where the people I can really help are. I can change people, your lives. And, and I can't change your lives if you don't know I can do that. So I held this sales sequence. But I told everybody what I was doing first. And this is one of the things, if you... I have this I have a saying, I will play any game as long as I know the rules. 
So I told people the rules. Yeah. And we had 10 days of value posts, which was, this is what I do. This is the change that I make. This is how I work. This is, and then I had five days of sales posts, which was straightforward. This is what you can buy. This is how you can buy it. And this is why you want to buy it. Drop me into a DM. And it was, and it was terrifying because it's something I've never done before, but I lent in, nobody trolled me, nobody criticized me. I don't think we had very many people uh, leave the group. And certainly because I put the same content everywhere, my audience didn't reduce and I got new clients. Amazing. It's almost ridiculous. If you tell people that that what you can do and how they can work with you, they then choose to come and work with you. Yeah. But if you, if you don't, give them the opportunity to buy, then they can't buy something that they don't know exists. And, and when you have a neurodivergent brain, you will have had such deep experience of saying the wrong thing, not understanding the, the secret rules, not getting the codes, not knowing which button to push or not to push. There's such, there's a lifetime of experience of everywhere you've inadvertently misstepped. And so there is a, an absolutely logical and absolutely um, not only understandable, but, but, but sensical reason mm. that you may resist selling the thing. But, yeah. but the reality is you have a mortgage to pay or rent to pay and, you know, life to fund and no one's going to come and ask, please, can you tell me about the thing that you sell? Yeah. And if someone does come and ask, then that's the nudge to make make it available for more people because we don't actually know what others are thinking. And we don't actually know mm-hmm. what they are going to think about a thing that we put out into the world. And you went from, oh, I don't know how to say the things that I'm doing to actually, not only am I clear in how you explain the work that you do, but that is the case across both the coaching space mm. where you help individual humans and across the corporate space. And it is yielding such fruit, not only in the energy conservation department for you, but also in the, in the income department. Yeah. 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 And I didn't, again, when I'd created the sales sequence, I, it wasn't, it was easier because again, I went to my brand voice guide and I'm like, okay, so I've got 10 days worth of value posts. And, and I went to my brand voice guide and I'm like, okay, so this, 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 isn't this. And again, I just sucked it out and just didn't have to think about it. The sales post, it was really clear that this is what I'm doing, this is why I'm doing it, this is how you can work with me, and this is why I work with me. And and one of the things I'm still resisting with you, I'm not gonna lie, is you still got resistance for me in going out there and getting testimonials. That's still a demand avoidance thing for me. Yeah. And we're still working on that. Yeah, and yeah, we're, we're working on that because after the Loud and Clear program, whether anyone works with me one-to-one or in the group program. And I will link actually to the page about Loud and Clear in the show notes. So if you're curious about working with me, you can work with me one-to-one on Loud and Clear as Sarah did, or you can work within a small group that I curate and bring together entrepreneurs who are neurodivergent, usually with ADHD, but they might have other flavors and probably do. Um, Have a look at that. You can look at the link in the bio, but um, lost my train of thought, typical ADHD. There was a thing that you said. You're talking about making sure that people can know how to buy from you, that people can join your group program, which is a bunch of entrepreneurs, or do what I did, which is utterly incredible if you have the funds 
the value of getting working with Anne one to one is just mwah, it's fun. She, she's an awesome. You're awesome working in group spaces, but the the one to one attention, absolutely. That was a chef's kiss for anyone who's listening and not watching. Thank you, Sarah, for that. And also, you have just witnessed what happens when you're in a conversation with someone who understands how your brain works and who is a safe place. And also what can happen for someone like just happened to me, where I no longer spiral into shame when my brain does a little blip and I don't remember the thing I wanted to say, I'll just try to track back. And if in front of me is someone who'll help me follow the brain jumps, great. And if not, that's fine. I'll follow my own brain jumps and get there. And that's part of what the value is of working with someone who is neurodivergent and particularly who understands, in my case, what I understand the most is ADHD and dyslexia and a little bit less about autism, but I do have people in my immediate home who have all sorts of different flavors of this. And so I have deep lived experience of, of, of what it's like to interact with and support folks with different kinds of neurodivergence. So um, it is delightful to see you growing, Sarah. It is delightful to see you um, expanding and sharing with giving people the opportunity to work with you sharing what it is that you know. And my last question, I will link to all of the ways that people can reach out to you and I will link the How to Entrepreneurial group for our listeners who are neurodivergent entrepreneurs and I will link to your LinkedIn website and all the things in the show notes. One last question, which is if someone who owns a business hmm. is as a result of this conversation thinking, hmm, I'm not sure if... Well, two questions, actually. One question is, I'm not sure how to be more inclusive. I'm not sure how to be more open in the way that I communicate, in the way that I work with my clients, or that I signal to others that everyone is welcome. What would be, I know this is an impossible question, but I'm asking it anyway, what would be perhaps a place where people could start to bring more inclusion into their business, even as a business of one person or one and a half or two people? Okay, you start with the tiny things. And if, if, for example, gender is the thing that you're coming up against, so, for example, you run a women's group or a men's group and, and you're thinking about, well, how does that fit with non-binary and trans people? Start there. Start with the tiny things. Like, underneath, we have pronouns. This is, my, this is the tiniest thing you can do to start your thinking. Do some reading. If it's um, you aware of um, possibly colonialism or the impact you might have on people of colour, start there. Do a bit of reading and make a move forward. And acknowledge within yourself that this is a journey. I've, I've been doing this inclusion work for the best part of 20 years and I am still messing up on a regular basis. I am still finding areas that I need to continue to do work on. And this is after 20 years and fuck ton of study and research and, in, and work and all the rest. I'm still growing. So your starting point is acknowledging that you are where you are and you want to move forward and just move forward tiny little bits and just keep incrementally moving forward and acknowledging that some people will feed back to you that they dislike the change that you've made. And as long as you do the thinking that underpins the move forwards that you're making and you are sure about the thinking, then do that. Acknowledge and accept the feedback that you're given. Do the thinking around the feedback 
and make his decision. I choose to use she, her pronouns. I choose to put she, her onto my my email footer and, and onto this space. And, and when I introduce myself at the keynote speeches, my name is Sarah Cage, my pronouns are she, her. Now, I make that because my what I want to put into the world is that I, I see trans and non-binary people. I see you and I want to acknowledge you. However, in doing that, that there are sections of the population and the community, the turf community in particular, that, that will always struggle with that. But I've done my thinking. So that's my top tip is start from where you are and acknowledge that this is a lifelong journey and that you, that you start by the thing that's most pressing for you. You do the thinking, you do the reading, you make a decision and you just continue to do the thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And my last question is going to be if someone is listening who perhaps has similar struggles to the ones that you had, all of the information, all of the knowledge, all of the passion, and uh, gets stuck on the way out. And they perhaps haven't done, maybe they have done messaging work with other people. Maybe they have tried to create a strategy. They've downloaded every single template known to humanity and tried all of the things that they should do. Any Anything that you would say to them? Uh... One of the pieces, the things that you gave me was to remove the piece of language stuff and things uh, because it's non-specific. And what I'd like to invite your listeners to think about is the language of should and just. I should do content every day. I just need to sit down and write a business plan. I should, I just, I should, I just. Every time you say, I should be doing this, you are putting onto yourself an expectation of received wisdom and normalcy. So my invitation is every time you hear the word should, I should do this. Why? Is there another way that I can achieve the outcome that I want in a way that works with my rhythms, my patterns, my behaviors and my support needs. How can I do this? What if, big question of mine, what if I replaced should do this with, what if I held an experiment? Every time you say, I just need to, there's a, there's a value judgment in just, because mm-hmm. I just need to for somebody who has overwhelm, communication uh, difference, differences or different preferences in communication, energy and attention, just is a value judgment. How do you achieve the outcome that you want in a way that works with your patterns, rhythms, behaviors, support needs? So you're removing just and should. That would be my invitation as a starting point. I love it. I love it. And if you are interested in more of this deliciousness do check out the links that i'm putting in the show notes to connect with sarah and if you know that talking about what you do and communicating it and finding your version of consistency so that your beautiful clientele can come to you then check out the link that i'll include in the show notes to loud and clear or just send me a message and let's have a conversation because I'm always open to supporting more beautiful divergent minds and I would love to talk to you. Sarah, it has been a pleasure having you on as a guest. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a joy. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Brand Up Podcast, the neurodivergent founders hub for all things brain, voice, and brand. If you'd like to learn more about what you heard today, head to the show notes for all the useful usual links. Most importantly, if you're ready for marketing to be easier, and if you have a niggle that working on your brand voice strategy and messaging will help, it really will. I'd love to talk to you about your brand. You can book a chat with me by reaching out on socials or through the link in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a minute to follow the podcast and do leave us a review. That way more brilliant neurodivergent founders like you and me will find the podcast and get the support they need. Marketing can be easier, more effective and more fun when you share what's in your brain so your brand can grow. Speak soon. Thank you.